On February 27, 1997, Roger Ebert wrote his review of Booty Call. Here is an excerpt from that review. <clears throat> he said, In a world where vulgarity is the new international standard, where everyday speech consists entirely of things you wouldn't want your grandmother to hear, Booty Call nevertheless represents some kind of breakthrough. This is the raunchiest sex comedy I can remember. Sort of an animal house grosses out. Did I laugh? Sure. Did I recount some of the more incredible episodes to friends? You bet. Is this movie any good? Does goodness have anything to do with it? I walk out of movies like this wishing my parents had sent me to more concerts instead of letting me read Mad Magazine. I'm astonished at some of the things I laugh at, but laugh I do. Booty Call is being advertised as a raucous exercise in vulgarity. It is. I laughed. So I must, to be honest and consistent, rate it accordingly. Three stars. In an era when so many movies have no taste at all, a movie in bad taste is at least sailing under its true colors. End review. Now, when Roger Ebert gives something three stars, that generally means, this is good. I liked it. He's not going to go back and watch it over and over again, but he recommends the film, and he recommends that you go see it. This movie's obviously not for your grandma, but at the same time, it is in a class all to itself, and I'm going to recommend it right along with Roger Ebert. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this 1997 Jamie Foxx, Vivica A. Fox, Tommy Davidson, Tamala Jones, Jack Pollock-directed sex comedy, Booty Call. Ladies, you look good. So, uh... What's up? Nothing. Are we ready to order? Uh, as a matter of fact, I am. Uh, I want the shrimp fried rice. Uh, make that too, please. Perfect. And I will have the prawns and garlic sauce. Mm. And you, Miss Thing. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, you got it with the Miss Thing, John. Give it up, give it up. <laughs> you eating or just looking? Okay, boyfriend, I want a lobster tail and butter wine sauce, and we girls want a bottle of Moet. Damn, girl. Why you gotta order the most expensive shit on the menu? Rashawn, you need to check your boy. Check my ass? That's what I'm talking about, is a check? Now, the lobster don't even have a price next to it. It just says seasonal. So you know what that means? A brother gotta pay $28. And hey, if I get you some lobster and some Moet, you know what's happening after that. No, what does happen? I'm going deep sea diving. <laughs> mm, oh, so oh, we're recording? Yeah. Okay, cool. One second. Here. I've heard that this is actually ASMR to some people, so. Ew, that's disgusting. Mm. Yikes. I'm really sorry to everyone. Your wife made me dinner. I have to eat it. I have to show how much I appreciate it. This is uh, week two of being able to be in person with each other, and I'm really regretting it. 
You know what? I'm not because I got to hold, hold your baby today. And ooh, that baby is cute. Okay, so uh, I'm going to apologize in advance because I'm going to predict that Kelly missed half of this movie because we watched this movie in person and half the time he was distracted by my adorable baby. No, no, no. I, my, my attention was slightly divided, but I got, I got the gist of it. <laughs> Don't say that. that. That destroys my credibility. But it, it is. It is. He is. He is. He's a person. He's not a thing. He's not like a Who, your baby. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. cute. Yeah, no, he's cute. He's got a big, big round head. That makes him all cuter. He's crying now, though. It's probably because I'm not with him anymore. What can you do? Um, you can feed him. That's what you can do. If you were in the movie that we were watching today, you would probably make a joke like, are you sure that's not my baby? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the movie we watched tonight, this evening together. Have we watched any other movies together in person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, the first, like, five movies we watched together. We watched in person? Mm-hmm. We definitely watched Sense and Sensibility together. And uh, Kate and Leopold? Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> ah. <sighs> Sorry, everyone who worked on that movie. <laughs> um, yeah, but this one was cool to watch together because um, this was our, f- our first movie that was every single character was person of color a person of color except like the guy robbing the the bank and some of the doctors or the not robbing convenience the bank, store the convenience store i don't know i always want something to be a bank robbery yeah which uh i like i think we were getting it's like if you're gonna show a white person you might as well show him as uh, kind of trashy in this kind of movie he's trash <laughs> compensating <laughs> um yeah this movie was I okay, so this is Booty Call. We watched Booty Call this week, 1997's Booty Call with Jamie Foxx, Vivica A. Fox. You have the Foxes. Yeah, they're the, foxy. You know, it would it would have made like this movie just that much more fun on the uh, like. Did you know about this movie if they were married? Oh, that would have been nice. Yeah, um, not so much if they were related, <laughs> but they're not married. No, I don't think so. No, they just got Fox's last name <laughs> F O X. <laughs> F-O-X. That's amazing. You can spell fox. Can you spell dog? F-O-X. Look at this dinosaur book. It's a pop-up dinosaur book. Wouldn't you like to have a dinosaur book like that? This is a sex comedy. Would you Would you yeah. call it a sex comedy? Yeah. More than a romantic comedy? Yeah, but rom-coms, I feel like, have a subgenre of the sex comedies. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Like a... Um... A 40-year-old virgin, maybe? Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, And what's... I always tend towards the films that flirt with sex comedies, like Forgetting Sarah Marshall flirts with sex comedy, Uh but it is not a sex comedy. Mm -hmm. Oh, does ancient skies avert these wandering eyes? But you took me by surprise when you let me inside you. So this one's a little outside your wheelhouse then. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I remember, like, if I had to, like, roll off the top of my head, what are some sex comedies? would be like, ah, American Pie, Porky's, um, and that would be it. American Pie 2, <laughs> Porky's 2, American Pie 3, Porky's 3, and then... <laughs> um, American Pie, Bandcamp. <laughs> yeah. All the spinoffs with Eugene Levy. Yeah, so Eugene Levy, why is he always in those? Can he not get work otherwise, or does he just really enjoy it? <laughs> He's just like, sounds good. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, Ryan, what was the story of this movie? 
Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. Ask you about love. Probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter, and not very good at telling stories. That's the end. What do you mean that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. Oh, you want to know about Booty Call? Yeah. Tell me about. Tell me about Booty Call. It's about two uh, upstanding young gentlemen. Tell me about well, your, tell me about your experience with booty call right now. Zero. <laughs> well, it's really one upstanding young gentleman with his buddy, who's a little crass, who is referred to a many a time by Vivica A. Fox as a hood rat. You blind date me with a little hood rat named Buns, girl. Have you lost your mind? No. There's that hood rat emerging again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going on a double date. And uh, he, Tommy Davidson needs his buddy, Jamie Foxx, or what is his name? Buns. Buns, <laughs> which is a great. But with a Z. Yeah. So it's cool. Great joke. Great setup because it's like, who's this girl he's going out with? And it's like, okay, the girl you're going out with, his name is Listerine. It's like, Listerine, that's a mouthwash. He's like, it's spelled with a Y. And I just love that <laughs> Jamie Foxx is putting up, this is the joke. He's putting up the fight and his name is Buns. Okay. So, okay. We'll get through it, but I want to get back to that because uh, Vivica Fox Lissarine, I don't know if she is from Chinatown or if she's sophisticated. Like, why does she know? We don't ever get to know why she knows Chinese. That's because a, we, we got to, yeah. like, we get Jamie Foxx's backstory. He's like, oh, yeah, I used to watch kung fu movies and we couldn't, some technical reason why they couldn't do well, uh, subtitles. My head canon is. She doesn't have to live in Chinatown, but she gets to live in Chinatown because she's obviously sophisticated, but has cheap rent. And that's why she's doing all the home renovations is that she can afford all the rent. And she just moved in. Yeah. So yeah. she's like to be right across the hallway from her friend. It's this a friend way, situation. Yeah. This way I can do all the different renovations I've always wanted to do in my apartment that I couldn't do. And I can have sex in all the bubble yeah. wrap that I've ever wanted. Exactly. Which I, I felt that was such a missed opportunity for like extra comedy because there wasn't just a whole bunch of pop, 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 pop. <laughs> yeah. um, Okay. So anyway, we got uh, Tommy and Jamie uh, Fox and Tamala. Yeah, Tommy Tamala and the and the Fox twins. Yeah, um, they go on a double date. Yep, they go to a Chinese restaurant, and then the actor from Sixteen Candles, which I feel bad that I don't know his name. I only know that he played Long Duck Dong in Sixteen Candles. Plays another really uh, loud performance. That's very. It just feels <laughs> you know, loud is a good word there. It just feels really over the top. It, it does. He plays a um, man a really. His his gay character in this film is just like so over the top and kind of fits within the theme of this film because the film overall is over the top. Yeah, but it's very cringy. Well, it, what's weird is that like the sex comedy is kicked off with him and it's just kind of it feels stereotype like we're just going to like, you know, use the stereotype to make sex jokes and like all the other humor up until that point was just kind of like regular comedy land mm-hmm. and it wasn't like we're in this subgenre of sex comedy so it's just kind of like uh uh-huh, let's laugh let's let's laugh at him <laughs> not laugh with him let's laugh at that guy you know, and this movie i think this movie is self-aware enough to know kind of what they're doing because every time they make fun of somebody that person ends up being able to either make fun back or like at least the two people that were making fun of each other are now like on the same page and like high-fiving later making fun of somebody else yeah and so it's at least um 
democratic with its uh slights but yeah that doesn't make it necessarily great but <laughs> yeah it's it's interesting because it's kind of like the main characters don't like buns feels kind of stereotypical but he more feels archetypical no he definitely feels archetypical yeah not stereotypical no but the convenience store guys they feel like stereotypes not archetypes yeah yeah I mean, they they had their like. I like that they actually like had a relationship with each other, though. That was yeah. kind of fun. And yeah. they had something to do, and they had they had interior lives. Boom! Sha la 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 boom! Sha la 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 boom! Sha la 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 boom! See, see, see. This is why I'm in favor of the immigration reform laws, because you motherfuckers are fresh off the boat and you're already fucking with people. Oh my God! Take a breather. You feel better? Feel better. I was just pulling your arm. No, no, pulling your leg. Arm? No, no, you cannot sit pulling your arm. Why do you, you always have to, to pu- correct me? So you're not in Bombay now. Oh my, I wish I was in Bombay to deal with you. But um, they still felt like the butt of the joke because of their... I mean, this movie is one joke yeah. after another at somebody's expense. Right. Like whether it's about like penises or like um having extra ultra safe sex or if it's about race or if it's about um like uh <laughs> sexual preference uh it's or orientation it's always pointed at something so i think it's safe to say this is a very 90s movie it is a very 90s movie straight from the credits you have lime green text against neon backgrounds yeah. it is I mean, I actually miss that a little about the 90s, how colorful yeah. it was. Yeah. Like today, like like whenever you see a, a sci-fi movie, not every time, but I remember like a couple of years ago, we had Arrival and Elysium. And what was the one with Tom Cruise? Um, Oblivion. Oblivion, <laughs> yes. Oblivion. And they, they all had like this gray, green color yeah. palette. And it's really boring. And, I mean, those aren't all bad movies necessarily, but like dipping into a 90s movie where there's just like, oh. Uh, Color. Yeah, color, color. That was cool. That uh, what is that Batman movie with George Clooney nipples? Oh yeah, that's right. The Joel Schumacher Batman, Batman and Robin. Robin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very color- Never mind. colorful. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> I take everything I said back. But they're on this double date. They they go on a double date because Tommy Davidson has been dating this girl for seven and a half weeks, and he wants to seal the deal, as it were. Mm-hmm. And he needs. <laughs> it's just kind of like of all the nights you don't go on a double date to seal the deal. No, but like it's it's prompted as he like Tommy Davidson wants uh, Jamie Foxx along buns along to kind of distract Vivica A. Fox, who is being brought along. Whereas Tamala, what is Tamala's name? Uh, Tamala Jones. Yeah. Okay, so Tamala Jones. That's yeah. You asked who's Tamala Jones? What's her character name? No, I said Tamala. I didn't know her last name. Yeah. Oh, her yeah. character name. Uh, Nikki. Yeah. So. Nikki brings Vivica A. Fox on this date as kind of like a buffer because she's not ready to have sex. Mm -hmm. And so she's kind of like, um, she's like, you have to keep me from being alone with him because I don't, I don't want to have sex and he's going to want to have sex with me. Mm -hmm. And so like, there's kind of cross purposes going on here. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Uh, Booty calls. No situations where girls don't want to have sex with me. Yeah. Definitely in the situation where uh, girls had to run buffer plays for my because they were benefit. worried about you just like humping the air behind them on the <laughs> dance floor. 
Yeah, I've never been in that particular problem, but I've been adjacent. Sure. Um, so I, I like we've done double dates before when we were single, prowling around dudes, right? Nah, nah. You've never been on a double date? Oh, I thought you meant you, you and me. No, we our we, timing was off. All of our friendship. We're like so you know you, you know that it's almost a trope, but in real life, where um, you want to date this person, but whenever they're single, you're not single, and whenever <sighs> it, it was like that with us, but we just never got able were able to go on a double date. I mean, we're we're synced up now that we're both married. Like our cycles, uh, our cycles are aligned. Oh yeah, it's true. We're both married. We're both married, so uh, we can go on double dates, kinda, kinda. But yeah. it's not the same. Well, now we can because we're part of a pod. Yay! Yay. <laughs> uh, okay, so basically this date starts off really horribly because um, Jamie Foxx and Vivica A. Fox are kind of at each other's throats a little bit. Like, there's a lot of... There's a lot of presumptions uh, <laughs> about each. Other. I felt really pretentious being like, mm, this is very Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> go, go, continue. Tell me what you mean. Well, it's very Petruchio and Kate. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's very like they're butting heads. And then you have the not butting heads couple of the control of <laughs> what a good relationship looks like. And then you have the, you know, problematic one. Well, and but really what they are is actually really similar. Yeah. Where um, Buns and Listerine, Listy, <laughs> Lissy, Listy, Listy, they're they're both they're actually both very hypersexual and just like ready to get it on. Yeah, so they're very compatible. Yeah, and whereas the other two are actually very compatible too because they're like you know I I love you and I want to make a real relationship, but I guess I'm ready to take it to the next level. And they're both ready to take it to the next level. They just need permission, basically. Yeah. And the whole rest of the movie is basically everybody trying to have sex, but being foiled by something, whether it's like a lack of protection or what else? Yeah. A, a dog. A dog, uh, saran wrap, not uh, jiving. <laughs> yeah. No no dental jam available. Yeah. Or, or like uh, there's the, the stick up in the convenience store. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of my meanest comment is it's paint by numbers sex comedy where it's like characters want to have sex but can't have sex for reasons well yeah it feels like um a it feels far more screwball comedy than than anything like it feels like something i would watch or it feels like an episode of frasier right like no no, okay (laughs) it's it's basically here hear me out people well there's an actual episode of friends that does this i don't think a frasier episode is no no there is a frasier episode like this uh there's a yeah there's a frasier episode where they all go up to the uh, all go up to the cabin and oh yeah yeah, and frasier really wants to have sex with somebody and he keeps getting thwarted at every like last moment and everybody kind of wants to have sex with everybody but it's it's like nobody wants to have sex with the right person it's there's like 12 episodes in seasons four and five about that and frasier yes is the opposite of this movie in tone and shall we say color but it's definitely (laughs) it's definitely very similar where like the plot is paint by numbers it's like there's no surprises here but there's comedy to be found i yeah, have fun no. in this movie I, I think it's a fine film i, I don't think it's a great film no. uh, i i wouldn't return to it and um you know we'll we'll get this out of the way but kelly and i are two super white guys and 
I don't yes, know. people know that by now. They've been yeah, listening to our I'm podcast. I'm sure you figured out. If this is your first episode, welcome. Go check out our Facebook pages. <laughs> You'll see that we pretty much look like Fraser and Niles. Um, and uh, I want to talk later about like uh, cultural awareness of movies like this and cultural awareness of this movie itself when it first came out in the 90s. Um, but yeah, it's like if this was for lack of better words, a wider movie where it'd be more like I own a lot of Tom Hanks movies and like I just happen to own a lot of Tom Hanks movies and it's just kind of like, eh, it's an okay movie, but it's Tom Hanks. So yeah, I'll get it. But I don't like go out and get a bunch of Jamie Foxx movies and I should because Jamie Foxx is really good. Um, but it's just kind of like, it's not on my like, Ooh, I want to have that in my repertoire of movies that I just want to go back to. And it's like, is this a movie I go back to? Eh, probably not. Well, okay. Like I, I feel like this movie, um, I, I don't know about you, but I don't necessarily think we should focus on, our differences between ourselves and our like our whiteness as something that is um kind of not not antagonistic it's 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 not directly like this movie was not directly marketed towards us is what you're saying yeah and it's not directly made for us in I don't, a certain okay. sense and I'm in gonna, a sense i'm, I'm not I'm saying gonna, specifically okay. that's fine i'm gonna push back a little bit against that because I would say that this movie lives in a very same realm as something like Knocked Up or um, more so like 40 year old virgin. Yeah. And I guess that kind of proves my point of I'd, I'd sooner own the Judd Apatow oeuvre than I would the Jamie Foxx oeuvre. Okay, that's fine. Well, then speak for yourself. Because, I'm speaking for myself. Because I like I, I, there, I don't really go for most sex comedies in general just because i don't know i they're they're just a little boring to me however i liked this one even though it was very very 90s and there was stuff not to that i didn't enjoy about it mm-hmm. i like this one more than quite a few of the like mid 2000s ones yeah i guess i'm looking at my bookshelf now and like when I go to uh, like my record store and they have their used DVDs, it's just kind of like if I saw a booty call for three bucks, would I pick it up? Maybe. But I don't see myself really returning to this movie. Um, but it's just kind of like if, if I had to like put it on the scale of all the rom-coms we do, it's certainly better than a lot of films that we've watched. Yeah, for sure. It's it's um, I, <laughs> I think just like so many genres, like I'm not huge into body horror films, mm-hmm. but there's probably a body horror out there that I would like more than certain like thriller films that are poorly made mm-hmm. um, in, in kind of a similar way. It's just a genre thing where I'm like, I'm, I'm not super into this, but there was a lot to like about it. Yeah. Um, but I did laugh a lot. I think, yeah. I think it's just a fun movie. It, it's good. So, so basically shall we ruin it? Yeah. Ruin. They have sex. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, Jamie Foxx or Buns and Lista have s- like so much sex throughout this movie. But it's not fully consummated until the end. <laughs> well, I don't know. Is it? It's it's consummated. It's just not brought to fruition. It's not consummated it for her. It's consummated for him. Oh, yeah. But still not towards the end until the end. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but they get there. yeah and it's just it's so goofy like this movie has um like like the whole hospital bit was just so 
funny to me. Yeah, and I think what I was missing from this film is like that 20 minute bit was like, I needed the whole movie to be like this. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Where I feel like they were putting their whole effort into that sequence. I think, yeah, I think the, the misadventure of what that was compared to like the bit where it's like, oh, we can't have sex. Oh, we need something else. Okay, we'll go out again. Okay, we need something <laughs> yeah, else. Yeah, they we'll just go out keep again. going back to the store. It's like, God, you've gone to this well three times now. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt too. Um, and that that feels lazy, but eh, what can you do? <laughs> yeah, sure. And it does feel sitcommy. And I, if I was watching this as like a TV pilot, I would have been really on board. Like, imagine a condensed version of this where the point of the show is these four characters are being set up as like being not like being in a pod together for lack of better words. So so it's like a friend situation, but yeah. we just are missing two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And let's just say the show is about these four friends, not these six friends. Mm-hmm. Um, this would make a really good pilot. No, I really think so. Yeah, this this is like the misadventures of what these four people get up to in Chinatown sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. And the point of the show would be like, well, your stable couple is Tommy Davidson and Tamala Jones. Mm -hmm. They would be the stable couple. They'd be the um, Chandler and Monica or the um, Marshall and Lily. And then the like, um, what what am I looking for here? The um, smoking guns, the like, uh, the unpredictable. Sure, the wild cards. The wild cards. <laughs> Guys, why are the brakes working? Because I cut the brakes! Wild card, bitches! Yeah! What? I think I was thinking of Yosemite Sam because he plays poker and so he's shooting and it's wild. What are you talking about? Because he's wild cards. No. There's cards, no. so he's wild. No, no. <laughs> Run away from this, whatever you're doing. So the wild cards are Jamie Foxx and Vivica yeah. Foxx. And the whole show would be like the string of relationships Yes, would be like different guests coming into that situation. You yes. Know. And, and, and then maybe like the, the arc of the whole thing could be later on Lista and Buns end up like being the most married domestic. Yeah. Everybody. They would eventually be Chandler yeah, and Monica, yeah. but it would take a while. So this movie felt very sitcommy, and that was kind of like throwing off the pace. Cause at like minute 40, I'm like, God, we've got another 40 minutes to go of this stuff. <laughs> Whereas in, if it was a sitcom, it'd be like, and you're done. <laughs> <laughs> like we did it we set up all the characters mm-hmm. and we're ready to go but once we got to the hospital i was like okay i can do another 40 minutes yeah yeah it really refreshed it because basically what happens is at one point in time a cab driver pulls gun on jamie fox because he just stops the car and he thinks he's trying to steal the car and then he almost shoots jamie fox which is <laughs> like i mean timely yet crazy yeah especially in this movie where he like pulls the trigger and he's like oh sorry and he drops the gun as he's running away and it shoots Tommy Davidson in the leg <laughs> and they end up at the hospital. And then at the hospital, they like, basically they have to sneak Tommy Davidson in cause he doesn't have his insurance card. Also timely. Like I was saying, it's a flesh wound. We just want to make sure that it doesn't get infected. Just a flesh wound. Yeah. Um, and like nineties problems today. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And the, they, they end up having to sneak him in and then he gets like some guy who's okay. Let's talk about the hospital. Because <laughs> yeah. at one point in time, Tommy Davidson's already had his surgery on his leg. They got shot by this guy who threw a gun down. Right. You tracking with me so far. Mm-hmm. And then he's in the hospital recovering, but he's on drugs. And so this guy next to him is having a conversation. They're all like lined up in a row, sleeping in beds. And then all of a sudden this guy next to him realizes that he's about to have his 
balls cut off because he has blockage or something. And he he seems surprised at this, as if the doctors haven't been like, oh, by the way, we're going to cut off your balls. No, we're just going to take you in there, dose you, and cut off your balls without letting you know. And so he switches their clipboards so that they come take Tommy Davidson away to get his balls cut off. And hilarious. It's very airplane. It's very yeah. funny. But very unrealistic whereas i i'd say the movie before the hospital was kind of a different movie uh where yeah it was like more a company of errors whereas this like, feels more madcap yeah very much um and i like i prefer the madcap me too um you we watched after hours together right yes it felt very after hours so after hours is a martin scorsese film from like 1980 um and he made it and it was written by like a grad student yeah and i mean it was it was like it i mean the reason why I felt that was mainly because of the Chinatown atmosphere at first, but then it more and more became that movie. Yeah. So after hours is this weird movie where this character just gets into a series of unfortunate events. That Robert is De Niro, just, right? No, it's, um, uh, some guy. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's not Robert De Niro. <laughs> um, and there's just, it's just a string of misadventures through one crazy night. And I feel like a lot of sex comedies do the one crazy night thing. And this movie was kind of American graffiti, except like hyper stylized. But but, well, I mean, that's kind of what they're after in that movie, too. Yeah, I just the first 40 minutes, there was so little variety to it. Right. Sure. And just kind of like, so you got I was waiting for the boot to drop because the first 30 minutes doesn't advertise it as a sex comedy. But it does feel very much like a Step Brothers as well. Like if you come like because at one point in time, really close to the beginning of the movie, they um, they go back to Tamala Jones's apartment, Nikki's apartment, and they're playing cards and everybody's playing footsie under the table. And then they have some like dog sex humor come in <laughs> where the dog like licks Vivica A. Fox's toes and she thinks it's uh, Jamie Foxx doing it under the table and then the dog licks Jamie Foxx's ass and he thinks it's Vivica A. Fox's toes <sighs> the cramp up and the weird thing is it's like it's like so many movies like this are are just like it's like they've brought a wall down between the characters that things are happening to and the other characters in the room where they can't see that these characters are like having kind of orgasmic feelings at a table right next to them. It's like, uh, I brought the same benefit of the doubt to this movie that I bring to all rom-coms where I'm like, I'm going to lower my expectations a bit here and lower my like um, suspension of disbelief because I know that you're just going for it. And what I appreciate about comedies like this is just kind of like, well, you tried and you did get some comedy out of that. So you pass. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Like, I mean, this movie was all sorts of comedy that tried and sometimes very much succeeded. And sometimes like with the here it is. The most amazing food wrap ever developed. Saran wrap. Where he wraps it around himself. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> like you, <laughs> I I don't know. It, it, it takes a very special kind of person to wrap yourself in saran wrap yeah. and suffocate yourself. You know, that actually happens to people, but 
it takes a very special. It would have made be- more sense if it was really drunk or really right, high. Right. Or- there, there was no conceit to having them do that. Yeah. And I think better to just try and see what's out there comedy wise. Um, yeah, there's but no also comedy keep, against the wall and seeing what's stuck. But keep your bearings because I feel like um, something like they came together. It's just kind of like we're just going to have total disregard. Right. And so just I like go this for comedy. way more than they came together. Yeah, because yeah. they came together. It's like we're just going to try and be as funny as possible. And we're just going to try stuff all over the place. It's like, OK, you also you're in a movie like take it seriously. <laughs> right. We're, we're not who's lining it right now. Yeah. 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 There's, Which is still better. There's yeah, there's a narrative to be had. And it's like it did, you know, it, it's due diligence to work narratively that you had your four characters all make sense from a character. Oh, heck yeah. Like all these characters. Driven point sense. of view. Yeah. But that's about it. There's mm-hmm. not a deeper sense to get. That's just we have these four characters and they're navigating stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, what do our characters learn here? Um, because Jamie Foxx kind of kind of gets a little humility lashed upon him for his like thinking so much of himself. But then by the time he finally has sex with Vivica A. Fox, he like, I mean, he comes really quick. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Sorry, R rating for this episode. Um but what did you think? You're listening to an episode called Booty Call. <laughs> so like he but then at the end of okay, Fox is like, you could learn a thing from Tommy Davidson. And so he's like, OK, OK. And then he grabs her butt and then she pushes him into a hallway. Yeah, I feel bad for Vivica Fox, although she got hers at the very end. Yeah, no, she I feel like Vivica Fox is is in she is large and in charge as much as she wants to be like the conversation that she was having with Nikki in the like when they were at the hospital in the waiting room girl don't even worry about it let me tell you something about men they only good for one thing and most of the time they don't even know how to do that right talking all that mess about how big they are how much stamina they got talking all that mess about who's this who's this who's this who's this you know what I tell them you don't even know them yeah but how they gonna bet on us like we some dogs at a racetrack because they're not human baby I mean, I know it may seem like it. I mean, we both eat and breathe the same. But look at a brother like Buns. Does he act human? But you just slept with Buns. Like I said, they're only good for one thing. Yes, you got it. All right. Let me another thing. Now, see, what you got to do is flip the script and keep your friggin' dicky happening on the DL and be like, yeah, that's right, but it's mine. It's yeah. mine. It's yeah, mine. that's mine. Tear it up. Yeah, yeah, give it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's my name? What's my name? Nick, What's my Nick, name, Nick? Nick? We in the hospital. We in the hospital. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Tear it up. We're in a hospital. Uh, but she's like, you know what? It's all about like men are men just have one thing they're good for. And that is what that that is like Vivica Fox's like thing throughout this. Right. Um, and that's the same thing basically that um that Jamie Foxx's character thinks. And that's why maybe they're perfect for each other, because they're just each other's like ultimate booty call. Yeah, it's kind of what we were talking about in Hitch. It's just kind of like, hey, if you guys, if that's what you guys want to do, more power to you. Yeah. Like, I mean, don't, don't, don't lie to each other. Don't exploit each other. But if that's what you're looking for, be honest about it. And whatever. Yeah. And the other characters 
uh, like we have this this story with Peter Davidson where he kind of grows a spine. Tommy Davidson. Tommy Davidson. Peter sorry. Davidson. That sounds like a superhero's alter ego. Peter Davidson is a director, I think. Yeah. Anyway, so Tommy Davidson is um, at the end of the movie. He proves himself, and the reason why he and Nikki end up sleeping together is because he's like, I don't care what my friend thinks. He like has so much confidence that he can like like do something that would usually shame him and then lets it go. But that hasn't been a thing for him this whole time. Yeah. Like, so I don't necessarily know where that character growth came from, but it was just like, all right. I mean, that's cool. That's why the last 20 minutes of this felt like it was a different movie almost. Yeah. And it's kind of disappointing because it's like, you know, you could have been a hitch. Like if it, if it took, (laughs) are you just comparing them because there are two movies with black leads. No, I just mean like Hitch is saying, here's a movie about the philosophies of dating. Mm-hmm. And we're going to take a look at this. And Booty Call, at the end of the day, it's philosophies of dating. Sure. The, the comedy is like sex comedy stuff. But like if you had a, had to ask what the point of the story was, like, well, different people are looking from different things for diff- in relationships. Yeah. Okay, I get that. And so for Hitch, it's just kind of like you could have spaced this out and like taking your time and like really gotten more out of this stuff but you just did the after hours thing where it's like one crazy night and so it's like okay yeah yeah it doesn't feel as substantive but that's okay you know what did feel substantive don't say it oh what were you gonna say (laughs) i was i was gonna say the this this the kink of listerine is is that's that's what <laughs> that's what goes on my tomb when when I died in this movie. What was is, up with the kink of That's what of killed me. So the kink of Listerine is that she likes extreme like accents uh, or impressions of very powerful men, as she says. Mm-hmm. And to do is tell me how you like it. Oh no, baby, you might think I'm freaky. Okay, it really turns me on when a man can do impressions. Imitations. Imitations. Yeah, like powerful men, men of authority, men like a Jesse Jackson. Jesse Jackson? Yes. Too Jesse. You mean the hands used to pick cotton can now pick the president? Oh yeah. Oh, shit. The the ones that we get are Martin Luther King. Um, Jesse Jackson. Jesse Jackson. and Sorry, everybody. Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. Here, we'll Ooh. play a little bit of that for you now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I would like to take my time while I'm knocking the boots. First, I start with the breastlessness because the nipples are so chocolatey and smooth. And then I work my way on down to the love triangle and you know you like it. First, I start kissing it and I'm licking it because I'm thinking about sticking it. And then when I get through, it'll be smooth and creamy, just like the Jello. It's, I mean, made sense humor-wise I mean, in 97, but really God, did. just can't possibly age worse. But Jamie Foxx, this this movie really shows off Jamie Foxx's chops. Yeah. Like, I, I've seen him now in, like, a, a huge range of parts, and I've never seen him act this goofy. Yeah. I'm glad I got to. 
Yeah, he's great. He's great. He does he does good impressions. He like keeps the comedy up while I still believe that he's like totally just tr- like trying to squeeze these impressions out just so that he can have sex with this woman. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think the first serious role was like Ray, right? Um, I don't know because it seems like Jamie Foxx is in a lot of movies in the 90s that I haven't seen. Yeah, but like he was in Living Color, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it felt like in the 90s he was basically um, the um, Parks and Rec guy. The Ben Wyatt? No, he's in Jurassic World now and is world famous. So Andy Dwyer. Andy Dwyer. But what's the actor's name? I'm going to let you see it on this. I love it when Ryan can't get an actor and it happens so infrequently. No, don't look it up. Don't no no don't look it up. Don't look it up. You you don't deserve this. Okay, hold on. Guardians of the Galaxy starring Chris Pratt. There you go. Good <laughs> job. Woo! Chris Pratt. Speaking of Chris Pratt, there was a Jurassic Park reference in this movie. And speaking oh, yeah. of impressions, Zigway, um oh. Tommy Davidson does a raptor impression. <laughs> When he's like about to have sex, well, he thinks he's about to have sex at one point in time through this movie. And it is the, that guy's a, a sexy dude. And it, this is the least attractive that he could possibly be almost. <laughs> Wait, you didn't let me finish my Chris Pratt thought. Oh, sorry. I didn't know it. there was a thought behind it. Oh, no, it's just that. It's just kind of like Chris Pratt was Andy Dwyer for the longest time. And then, oh, yeah, yeah. then he did Guardians. He hasn't done a drama role that's really taken us away. Maybe it's more like Tom Hanks in the 80s. Right, where he was Turner and Hooching about, and then all of a sudden he started taking like more serious roles. Yeah, yeah. like Big was like, oh, okay, he can do some serious th- stuff. But then Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, you're like, oh my God. I feel like that's Jamie Foxx, like the In Living Color guy. Yeah, he can pull off movies of gray. He can win Oscars for for this stuff. Yeah, no, I think you're right. That's a pretty good comp. Um, but it's... <laughs> Jamie Jamie Fox, America's Future Dad. <laughs> but it's weird that Tommy Davidson just kept doing Tommy Davidson stuff. Because yeah. in terms of like who's funnier, it's like, I don't know. They're kind of on par with each other. They're, they're doing a great job. They're pretty close. I'd say that at least in this movie, um, I, I think Jamie Fox has more charisma. And his part's a little bigger, too. So he yeah. has more room to stretch out. Well, Tommy Davidson's more the straight guy to Jamie Foxx's yeah. goofy guy. Mm-hmm. And there's there's and more I mean, stuff. it's the same thing with um, Vivica Fox and Tamala Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it works. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, when this movie first came out, do you remember it coming out? Well, okay, I was 10. Um, so I, the only thing I remember about this movie at all is in our local video store. It had a huge poster up. Oh. And so that double O on the booty of booty call <sighs> was something that like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh man, I've seen that a hundred times. I forgot about that. <laughs> so I remember that. And I remember I had friends who saw it. Um, when like, you were 10? No, no, not when I was 10, but like friends whose older siblings had it. And like when I was in middle school, they watched it, but I never saw it. Cause I was like that kid who had to call his parents and be like, um, is it okay if I watch this movie? <laughs> And yeah. not that like anybody offered it, but it was like on the shelf with movies that I wasn't like necessarily allowed to watch. Yeah, it was the same category of American Pie when that first came out. Right, which I also didn't see until I was in high school. Still haven't seen it. Really? You haven't seen American Pie? I don't know. It's okay. these Eugene Levy movies. I have a question then. We like I wouldn't have put American Pie on our podcast list. It's not on there currently. 
But this movie is very similar to that. It's a little bit more direct in its it's like this is about two couples trying to either a hook up or trying to date and like there's a kind of politics about it and that's a lot of times what we look for now there is a lot of that in american pie it's more comedy than romance but it's all centered around sex it's a good question do sex comedies mean they are part of the rom-com family well sex isn't necessarily romance no. but romance is always sex rectangle gets a square Nah. no okay uh but it is a, it's an interesting conundrum, right? It is. I, I think we should have a conversation about this. Right in. Okay. Yeah, right in. Tell us what you think. Should sex comedies be included in the romantic comedy? <laughs> well, <laughs> going back to Shakespeare, Shakespeare in the day was just sex comedies. Well, yeah, Midsummer's is just a sex comedy. So maybe and I would call that a romantic comedy. Mm. Ooh, I mean, there's no sex had in it. It's just a lot alluded to. Well, well no, I guess the the never mind. I take that back. The fairies have sex with bottom. <laughs> well, there is a lot of I guess in a good sex comedy is that there will be some kind of romance. Yeah, and uh, super bad. Why can't I think of Tommy Davidson's character's name? Tommy and Nikki. Like their whole thing is they actually like each other and they want this mm-hmm. to work and they haven't had sex yet because I, I think it's it's that age old problem of if we have sex, does it change right. this? That's a good and question. am I am I devalued a little bit? And that yeah. seems to be what Nikki is worried about. So I think if there's any bit of that, it almost belongs in our yeah. podcast yeah but still write in because i want to hear everybody's opinions but like uh take a movie like super bad where they're trying to get laid well i mean kind of they're really just trying to go to a party yeah. and there's this girl that uh michael sarah really likes yeah right yeah or well jonah hill i can't remember there's two girls right there's emma stone that's right and then there's not emma stone right <laughs> I love her. I love her work. <laughs> Sorry, not Emma Stone. Um, but they connect. But that's not the point of the movie. But the point of this movie is definitely sex and connection and connection and romance. Yeah, yeah. It just it's just different between the characters. Um, do you do you see um, Listerine and uh, Buns staying together? No. <laughs> and I think they're totally okay with that. Yeah, yeah, totally. But they'll hook up for a while. Yeah. A, a movie like uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin or Knocked Up, though, I would put it in the rom-com categories. Yeah. Because they're circumnavigating their relationships. Yeah. Especially in Knocked Up. Yeah. Yeah. And 40-Year-Old Virgin, it's him and um, not Emma Stone. Marissa Tomei. No. I don't know then. <laughs> so, yeah. I think uh, as a rule... Not all sex comedies are rom-coms. But Not all sex comedies. <laughs> but probably. I'd say, I want to say, just throwing it out there, it might be something around like 75-80%. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I, I definitely think this belongs in the oeuvre of rom-coms. Like, this is the coupling compared to the friends of the traditional rom-com. This is the coupling. It's a little sexier. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot sexier. Yeah. Um... What was your favorite bit in this film? Because it was more heavily comedy than romance. We don't. We don't. I, I just that. like Jamie Foxx holding that baby. <laughs> like it's just a good. Yeah. 
Uh, second to though, um, Tommy Davidson seeing the surgery sign. <laughs> what did he say? He's like, I'm not supposed to get surgery. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Relax. Oh, this is a mistake. Oh, now everyone gets a little nervous about this procedure. It's easy. First we shave you, then we snip you, and it's over. There is life after castration. I I don't know. Like just the, I really actually, even though it was like a couple of stereotypes, I really did like the characters Sing and uh, I forget the other guy's name, but the two convenience store owners. Yeah, they were they were pretty good, and their line delivery was super solid. Yeah. He's like, "Hey, hey, <sighs> man, come come back here. I can't see you." <laughs> yeah, they were and then they both pull out the guns and just like destroy yeah, their the own Uzi store. and the shotgun. That was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, um. But again, this movie's comedy is kind of weird because it also has the dog and the dog having subtitles. Yeah. Which throws it into. I don't, I don't know. It's it's just like it's it's kind of all over the place. But that's I, I give it a pass because it's the 90s and they're like trying stuff out and having fun with it and being way more lewd than probably movies were kind of a, allowed to be for a general audience. Yeah. yeah. Well, before what, that yeah what i appreciate about this is that jamie fox still has so much like going on in his performance that it's he's not being crass and that's what's funny yeah exactly he's just he's funny his character he, is crass but he happens to be crass yeah and there's a lot of bad comedies where it's like oh i get it he's rude yeah <laughs> it's like how's that funny yeah it's not funny it's just that you're creating a character who is one-dimensional and none of these characters were one-dimensional archetypal yes yeah but like Jamie Foxx was just like going a mile a minute with his dialogue and it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's good. It's really funny. Yeah, it is really funny. Um, who's all right, who's the director here? Jeff Pollock? Uh, Jeff Pollock. Hasn't done much. He directed a bunch of French Fresh Prince. That makes sense to me. Directed? I don't think he directed any Fresh Prince. He worked on some Fresh Prince. Um, he he was a writer. He was a, yeah, co-producer. Okay, okay. so that's yeah. what he is. He or in the sense of like, where did this movie come from? It's like the Fresh Prince segment of like of the network yeah. of like we need a movie that hits that this, Fresh Prince okay. vibe. Okay, now that we've said that, Jamie Foxx's Jamie Fox could have been one of the guys spinning. Will Smith, Smith around yeah. in the introduction of Fresh ass. Prince. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where like yeah, he he like when we first meet him, he's like throwing dice and like they they kind of like make fun of his his dreads a lot in this movie. Yeah. And I I think I think his character though is very Fresh Prince-esque. Right? Uh Well, cuz he's like goofy he's really physical and he's like definitely the one who like comes out and just is like i'm gonna be the one that says something right here yeah and i feel like tommy davidson and tom harris are like we're kind of moving on from that we're not doing that anymore yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're moving along and jamie fox is just kind of like what this is me it's because like, they all okay. grew up in the same neighborhood right it like, seems yeah all their grandmas live together is that what they said no that's just like like, where's your grandma from? I don't know. Where's your grandma from? Where, where, where's your grandma from? From is is like um, that's what neighborhood you grew up in, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Um, 
And Vivica, but the, here's the thing: Where's Vivica A. Fox from? We don't. We just know. I like it as a mystery. She's just sophisticated, so maybe from somewhere else. But I kept thinking they'd turn it around and be like, "Oh no, she grew up like ten blocks from here." Okay. Okay. So Jamie Fox says he learned Chinese, which isn't even that helpful because there's no Chinese. There's Mandarin, and then there's Cantonese. So which? What do you mean? Uh, he learned Chinese. Yeah, but this is the '90s, Ryan. I know, but he learned Chinese from kung fu films. Okay. I mean, so he's got a that good means, vocabulary. Then. So that means he yeah. speaks Cantonese, not Mandarin. Mandarin is mainland China. Cantonese is Hong Kong. And that's where Kung Fu cinema is from. It's from Hong Kong, not from China. Is this restaurant then a Cantonese restaurant? Not a, just a Chinese restaurant, but they speak Cantonese there. I, I'm going to say what you always say to me when you when I ask these questions. Doesn't Don't, matter. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. But it does matter because that's a big ask. But... Well, but where did Look, Wayne from Wayne's World learn Chinese? Cantonese and Mandarin are Cantonese. extremely hard languages they to are. learn. Like, like just learning how to speak tonally is crazy, which is why this movie is madcap, like you were saying. Nothing needs to necessarily make sense. But Wayne Algar from Wayne's World also speaks Cantonese. Where did he learn that? And it doesn't matter because it's a madcap. Exactly. We don't question either of those things. See, at least Jamie Foxx has a reason. Yeah, um, but... I, I think that actually detracts from it. Well, but that's like, because, why I like Vivica A. Fox. It's just like, she just happens to know Cantonese. Right. That was a good joke. But like, if, if he was just like, you know, I picked it up on the streets. I, I've always lived here. And then she was like, well, I know it too. I don't know. Cause it was like him knowing it via Kung Fu. If you just have Wayne knowing Chinese, it's just random and out of nowhere. Right. And it fits yeah. in with the rest of the movie. This one, him saying, I, I know it. It makes it a little bit more, rooted in reality which this movie is for the most part except for like the dog talking yeah yeah and and the like uzi and the shotgun coming out (laughs) still they don't really they don't really talk in kung fu movies they just fight so i don't know if i No, that is not true there's like long swaths of talking that get really boring yeah but you're not really paying attention you're just like now fight (laughs) i'm interested in the story (laughs) Um, but like I said, with Booty Call, for me, that wasn't really on my radar. It was like way in the distance. And I'm talking about this, like am I, if I'm at Blockbuster, I feel like there's a shelf of movies that I'm just kind of like, that's nice. Not for me. <laughs> and won't watch it. And Imagine Me and You is on that shelf and Booty Call is on that shelf. That me growing up of just being like, well, obviously I would derive no pleasure from that movie. Yeah, but you didn't watch any of these movies when you were young. I would watch but like you, I would watch movies like Mean Girls or Date Night or something adjacent, but not. Yeah, like, but you didn't until not, college. No, no. I would watch movies like Mean Girls. OK, that that were like, you know, or like Fair, Forgetting Sarah Marshall that weren't like super duper traditional rom-com, but they were still like rom- like comedies, but kind mm-hmm. of romantic aspects to it. But like a movie like Booty Call, I would not give two seconds of thought to. Go on. I just think that's I'm glad that we're doing this podcast because I'm I, I'm I'm expanding that very cool because before this podcast, I still wouldn't really give it two seconds of thought. And I have no idea that Jamie Foxx was in it. Yeah, I think that's one of the things we're learning um, is that Jamie Foxx was in so many more movies than we knew, basically, because he hadn't blown up yet with Ray. Does like there's there's probably so many actors 
that got lost in, oh, you're in a movie that is geared not towards, aka the general public, aka the white public. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you get kind of lost in like this 90s air arena. And unless you get something like Ray that appeals like so mass marketedly, right, then maybe you don't survive and like have a flourishing career. Yeah, it's a weird thing from a demographic point of view of like you have movies and they're marketed all across the board and then you have like specialty markets and like for like the black demographic that's called urban, which feels weird that that's what it's called just from a like Nielsen point of view of like Nielsen ratings. It's well, like yeah, the because urban... this, is, this is written like the Nielsen ratings were made by who? <laughs> super white people it's like it's for urban audiences but to we're we're lucky it's not ethnic audiences (laughs) yeah to be fair though at my uh well it was really a hollywood video when i was going to rent movies my hollywood video in sammamish washington very white place to begin with booty call was there (laughs) i don't know how often it was rented but it was there let's let's look at some numbers from this one yeah because like um I have no idea how much this movie took to make. Probably not a lot because it all takes place in a couple of apartments yeah. and a convenience store and then a hospital. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. So we don't have a, a budget on this, so I can't give you how much it was made for, but I want you to give me a guess at its uh, worldwide gross, which it was only released in the U.S., Worldwide gross, but only released in the U.S. I feel like that's a puzzle. I mean, <laughs> it just gave me both, but they're the same number. Um, 30 million. 20. 20, okay. Which okay. is still not bad. Mid-90s. I think, it made, a, I think it made money. For a rated R film. Yeah, and it probably yeah. made a lot of money on video sales. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, like I said... I never gave it two seconds of thought before this podcast. And that just kind of shows my own blind spots of just kind of like, I keep bringing this up. Why, what, what is it that you like? I'm just getting getting more and more awake to my ignorance towards a lot of movies. Oh, so you are being awoken. Would you say? Yes. (laughs) But like, I always pride myself. I'm like, Oh, I'm very literate in films. Thank you very much. I'm very aware of films. I am a movie buff. I would know all about it. It's like, well, have you seen booty call? No, I haven't seen, Booty call? What's booty call? It's like, oh, you said you're into movies. <laughs> Can I give you a side a side note? Uh-huh. Okay. You want to know where buff came from? What? Okay. So. Oh, your etymology book. Yeah, I've been reading an etymology book. So, basically, short, long and short of it, at one point in time, the New York, um, the New York firefighters had uh, water buffalo skin that they would wear um, in order to keep them like safe from fire. Mm-hmm. They had like a huge following in New York where there were like all these young boys clubs that would like follow the New York firefighters around because they were like the first firefighter department. And so um, they used to call the firefighters buffaloes because they wore this buffalo skin. Then the kids groups that would like follow these firefighters around and like you know thought that they were gods they would call them buffs and uh-huh. so they were like they knew everything about the firefighters and then it ended up being applied okay so uh, later on so okay you're a film buffalo uh, film buffalo i like it uh yeah and, and it's not just uh it's not just movies like this but it's like imagine me and you where it's like i never paid attention to it and now i'm 
being more made aware of him like what have i been missing out on yeah i mean i'm i'm in a similar boat like i i have watched i think more movies that were marketed far more to people that weren't just white dudes like me than you did when i was growing up Mm -hmm. but this podcast is still illuminating me to so many more which is really cool but like look at my my shelf right now how many dvds and blu-rays a billion okay he's out of a billion Blu-rays and DVDs, um, there is one obvious movie that was directed by um, a black person. But well, I wanted to say Spike Jones as a joke, but I don't think anybody would like understand that I meant Spike Lee. Spike Lee. Um, that's it. Yeah, I mean, do the right thing is right there. That's it. Yeah, and that's what I the the Black Lives Matters protest this past summer got me thinking of like, okay, okay, systemically in my house. Like, what kind of art am I interacting with? And it's just like, oh, my God, is it white? It is 99.9% white. I mean, that's not true. You you have um, some Chinese films here. Yeah, yeah. But for just for just black cinema, nothing. Okay. Just, and before, I, did, I just got Do the Right Thing. I bought that like a month ago. <laughs> so before, it was nothing, zero. And it just goes to show just kind of like, I don't know. It's that heterogeneous, just kind of like, I'm not aware of these movies. And I'm just thankful that I'm opening myself up because of there is There is a point like in time, I mean, where like different people hit at different points of times in their life where they're like, you know what? I've been watching very similar things for a very long time or reading very similar things for mm-hmm. a very long time. And it's a really fun moment when you're like, okay, like I have these Ted Mosby blinders up uh, yeah. so that I don't like, so I see what I like and don't need to expose myself to much else and i feel like you're doing a really good job yeah thanks yeah yeah but high five yeah that, people couldn't hear it clap Clap. but uh, we we didn't even volunteer this movie on our own did we no this was um given to us by jasmine cottrell um who <clears throat> I want to say she works in the film industry here with me but i don't she's just a facebook friend who likes a bunch of rom comes and she like is big into avatar the last airbender which you know we are too so it was really cool to have this uh cross-section happen thank you again jasmine you're the best yeah which just goes to show please keep helping us expand our repertoire right because we've been we've been looking into making sure that we have a lot of films represented on our list and i think it as you can see with the first like <clears throat> 22 episodes. I don't know how the first like 10 episodes themselves were. It was, you know, a bunch of movies about white people doing white things. And um, it wasn't until we got to the big sick that I think we even had a character that was a main character yeah. who was not white. Yeah. So this this genre in particular is like that. And so anything that we can do to boost the color of our repertoire is great. Well, and I think the fairest criticism against rom-coms as a genre is that it's super white and it's super straight. And for the most part, they're right. That, mm-hmm. that traditionally it's been very kind of like uh, heteronormative, just white, <laughs> just yeah. not diversified. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's starting to change. Yeah, that is starting to change. And uh, even even from the times where it's, it, you know, necessarily the change wasn't happening at a very good rate, you know, we'll still dip our toes back there and see what we can find. Yeah, but you know, a kind of sad thing is like the, this is like a B budget, right? This is like a 90s movie, but it's not like, not that it would get men in black money, but 
I'm sure like it's not getting as good as it gets money, which is also another Columbia film that came out in 1997. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's that cyclical problem is there's no stars in this film. Because you can't say Jamie Foxx or Vivica A. Foxx were stars at the time. But they, they were, were enough they to were, be at a studio film, yeah, to yeah. headline a studio exactly. film. Exactly. They, they were enough to carry a, a movie, but what studio is trusting them with that money? Yeah. Exactly. So It's like, well, you would if you gave us that money. If sure. you had, well, if you were willing to try to make them stars. Right. Is the thing. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's that that huge argument that was had over um, Scarlett Johansson and Ghost in a Shell. It's like they were like, well, we need a star to sell this. And it's like, why don't you make a star like <laughs> stars happen because of the cool movies that they're in? Exactly. So and because of the parts they're given. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. This is great that we watched it, even though it's not either of our favorite movies. It was super fun to watch. Well, and it definitely backs up for me of like for me in my head, uh, Jamie Foxx is Jamie Foxx drama actor because mm-hmm. <laughs> all the movies I enjoyed are like Ray or Just Mercy, where he's just awesome and he's just stupendous. In. And I don't see him a lot of comedies in the past 20 years. And it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, he can bring it. I don't know. I, I don't even think I think he personal opinion. I think he has to try to be dramatic. Like it seems like his his comedy bones is like you see him smile in this movie. It's such a shit eating grin. Yeah. Like I I feel like that's gotta be Jamie Foxx's smile generally, yeah. like ninety percent of the time. He was pretty funny in Baby Driver. Yeah. Yeah. Really good timing in that. He's also scary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Um uh, what's your wrong call? Oscar <sighs> Best. I was just thinking about the the dog licking the toes. I'll give it to Tommy Davidson for best ass. Wow, that is true. He's got a great ass. Um, wow, he did have a good booty. They they called it out in this movie too. Which like, there wasn't a lot of like, there was something not really in your face with the nudity. So I, I did appreciate that as the prude viewer as I am. Like, <laughs> thanks Ryan, for Ryan is very prude when it comes to nudity. <laughs> thanks um, for keeping it. And this is like like the the nips and the butts in this movie are just like only there for a second yeah just, it's just a hint just an inclination of nipple but i think the most we see is tommy davidson's butt yeah and then we see like half like most of a boob yeah at but one point. tommy davidson great butt yeah great butt nice good oscar um okay here's the thing we've seen we've seen dogs dogs are kind of a staple of this genre yeah, definitely right? And um, even if you have a bad dog, sometimes that dog's got good personality. This dog, I did not like. I did not like its sweater. I did not like its personality. I did not like the things it said to our gentleman callers. <laughs> I'm going to give this movie worst dog. Worst dog. I don't know if you can give worsts. These aren't Razzies. These are Oscars. Oh, we should have rom-com Razzies. Rom-com Razzies. We'll do it at the end of the year. We'll go through and yeah. give, we'll make categories and we'll give yeah. things Razzies. All right, that's your Razzie. I want an Oscar. Okay. Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. Okay. I got it. Okay. Most educational. <laughs> go on. About sex. You know, there's a lot of... <laughs> good messaging there really is the safe sex stuff and it felt like the clinton administration's like we want to encourage condoms you can have sex totally 
go for it. Make sure you have condoms. Make sure they don't have dog fur on them. <laughs> and then there's also like, I don't know if the 90s was like way, like if Dental Dam was new in the 90s. I can't imagine it was. It sounds like a 70s invention. I don't know. It's not a thing that I concern myself with. <laughs> <laughs> but like just like the the lengths this movie went through to like preach to a community that safe sex is a good thing and you should totally do it. Yeah. But while at the same time mixing it into comedy. And I don't know if that's a demographic thing. I don't either. I don't know if that's a decade thing because like it feels more like a decade thing. Well, like you and I, it's like nineties HIV is, is a thing like be very careful. Yeah. And it's just like for us growing up, it's just kind of like, why wouldn't you have a condom? Like, I know. it's we, just so... Well, it's because of movies like this. We were well-educated. Yeah, I think culturally we were just very... It was just beaten over the head. It's like, it's that Mean Girls scene. It's like... I guess I'll never know what I missed on that first day of health class. Don't have sex. Because you will get pregnant and die. Don't have sex in the missionary position. Don't have sex standing up. Just don't do it. Promise? Okay, everybody take some rubbers. And I feel like that's pretty much what our upbringing was. It's just kind of like condoms are nothing. Yeah. Well, condoms, you just, unless, I think the next generation, there's just going to be like more direct forms of birth control. But if you're not on those kinds of birth control, yeah, like you just have sex with a condom so you don't get pregnant. Like it's, or diseases. And so it, it was just like that way from way before I had sex. I knew that. Yeah. So maybe this movie was like laying the groundwork. I think so. I think there were probably a lot of movies in the 90s that were like safe sex is okay. And I do think it's interesting that the plot does revolve around safe sex. It does. Um, because like all of their. They could have just had unprotected sex well, and the movie would be over. I mean, that's the thing. Um, the Fox twins were having unprotected sex. Yeah, but they're all in this together. Right. And so, yeah, and that was another weird thing. It's like nobody gets laid unless everybody gets laid. <laughs> yeah. Come on, we're getting condoms. Like, no. <laughs> have you ever used a sheepskin condom? I didn't think you could still buy them. Well, I mean, this was the 90s. I, I guess. I have seen them before. Really? Yes. I've never used one, though. Uh, is that what they uh, use in Anna Karenina? Is that what Jude Law is wielding? Yes, of course. They're not using latex. Well, I know. <laughs> is that what I saw? Is that what that's called? It's Kodiak condom. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, Hi, Mom. <laughs> Mom, it's safe sex. It's good. <laughs> Just what you asked. But it, it's like that's a Friends episode where Chandler and Monica are trying to have sex. Yeah. And that's the conundrum. Yeah. Is that they're just trying to have sex. Yeah. And for some reason they don't have like, like they break a condom and, and, but they can't leave because people are outside the door or like the, the grocery store that they go to is out of them. <laughs> this movie is a sitcom, which, it is. which makes it fun. It is a sitcom. Yeah. And well, I guess that's why I'm saying it wasn't a sitcom in the hospital. No. Like that felt cinema. Mm-hmm. As it's like madcap as it is. That's cinema guys. Well, that's just turned into scrubs. Uh, <laughs> But Scrubs, Scrubs doesn't even get that like mad. Yeah, no, it was fun. Um, uh, okay. So, 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 yeah. So, if I were to change anything, if I were to fix anything, if I were to rewrite this movie, lay it on me. You write your first draft with your heart, and you rewrite with your head. I would have a 
different setup for the convenience store, like back and forths. Cause I feel like they're on a fetch quest. I was wondering at one point in time, if maybe there was going to be a middle part of this movie where the four people just aren't together because like, uh, Jamie Foxx and, uh, Tommy Davidson leave for small bursts of time, but then they're always back in the apartment trying to have sex. Mm -hmm. But at first I was, I was thinking this was going to get a little bit after hours where like, they're just like hunting for this dog and they still haven't found condoms. Right. And then eventually the girls would come find them or something. And it was right. going to be like they were hunting for each other. Right. No. It, what it, would you do? Um, that's what I would do. I would start with the first excursion and then it would just escalate. Mm. And they would just never be able to go home because it would just get worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And this feels like a, uh, like a shitty spec script where whoever wrote it, I'm sorry, I didn't remember who wrote it but it's just kind of like ah here's a comedy setup and the middle act could be about this that they have sex and it's good yeah like the the gags are good but they're not like fully thought through in a way or maybe maybe like the concept was there and then you just have a lot of good comedic actors like rolling with it on the day yeah think about it on paper this is not that fun a movie no it's really not it's just a couple people not having sex. Yeah, but with Jamie Foxx, Tommy Davidson, Vivica Fox, Tamala Jones, they're great. They're yeah. all doing such a good job. Yeah, they really are. And like the the one question I did have, and maybe this is also kind of a problem with the writing, is and this movie gets away with it, because a quarter of the way through the movie I start believing it, but the first quarter of the movie, I'm like, why are these people hanging out with each other? Yeah, it's like none of them seem to like each other like except the two people my, who are friends. I'm looking at my watch, I'm like, wow, thirty minutes in. So what's this movie about? Yeah. Uh and it's it's I don't know. <laughs> it's just it's that kind of thing where maybe maybe it's a nineties thing where People can like really dislike each other, but they're like, man, we're the only people nearby tonight. So we're going to try to make this work. Yeah. I don't know. Would you consider this just popped in my head? Would you a consider? Call? Um, no, I would not. <laughs> Although I just imagine trying booty calls in Spokane and just. No, imagine trying. Oh, hold on a second. Imagine trying a booty call without a cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? That's a that's like you're really hoping somebody's home. <laughs> you're really hoping. Uh, wedding crashers. Okay. Rom com. Yes. Why? There is falling in love in that movie. Yeah, but it's predicated on the same kind of like these guys are just about. Well, it's both of them. They're just about six. Yeah, they're both about crashing a wedding, having a really good time, hooking up at the end of the night, and then going home. Yeah, but that shifts because they both end up falling in love with people yeah so again kind of wish this had a little more substance because i feel like it was there yeah well i mean it's it kind of it, it was i feel like they wrote this as a comedy and it was about sex yeah yeah it, it's not a rom-com per se but we're gonna put it in our category it's kind of like the chocolate situation. It's like, what do you want? Chocolates, French people. Come on. It's romance. Fun. There's, there's a time where you're going to smile, maybe even laugh. Yeah. And, and the screenwriter is like, I called it booty call. What, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you're just, this is a movie to go out with your friends with, to watch and hang out. And it's fun. Like, could you make this movie less of a comedy and more of a movie about sex? 
yeah. and more about the politics of it. You could have made it. I mean, I feel like 40 year old virgin actually does this where it's like, it starts as a sex comedy, but it, it does get insightful at times. And I don't think this movie gets insightful much, but that's okay. Yeah. But it could like this concept would be interesting. Um, yeah. And I guess the most insightful thing is it's, it's very, it's committedness to safe sex and committedness to like, I don't know, the public health mm-hmm. point of view. <laughs> this was paid for by condoms. <laughs> but, you know, that's that still feels fresh, even though that's not really an issue that needs to be hammered home for young people. It's kind of like I mean, it's still something that we need to teach the young about for sure. And keep but, talking about. Right. But it's it's not something that was as big of a like. I don't know. Like we're we're con- condoms were just more taboo in the '90s. It was like, oh, I don't want to have to do this. It's such a hassle. And it's, it was also a joke in Austin Powers. Like, did you use protection? Yes, I had my nine millimeter. <laughs> no, I meant condoms. He's like, no, only sailors use condoms. <laughs> Which was my introduction to like, wait, are condoms not cool? Like me watching Austin Powers when I was ten, I was like, I thought we're all supposed to wear condoms. Austin well, Powers I mean, Austin something. Powers learns that. That's true. Um. Austin Powers, romantic comedy? No, 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 it's not. It's not. I'm saying no, it's not. I want to consider it. No, it's not. I mean, it's a comedy that is also a spy film. That is, it's and it's a satire. It's 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 not a romantic comedy. Well, what do you think this is about? There's a lot of movies like Austin Powers. There's a lot of like dick jokes in mm-hmm. Austin Powers. And, and like, this movie had a dick joke with the the champagne pop. With champagne pop, but also the whole conundrum of That's Tommy more Davidson. That's like a cum joke. Oh, God. <laughs> Yikes. Um, but the conundrum of Tommy Davidson is like, he's going to get castrated. And so it's like, it turns into this like waking nightmare of like sure. what a man is feeling like from a testosterone It's point the of last view. thing you want to happen to you in a hospital. Yeah. And so thematically, it's totally tied into the movie. Right, because, I mean, thematically, he's not, like, at least, I mean, and maybe this is the smart writing that didn't come out as much in the filmmaking, I don't know, but you have a character who seemingly is being made fun of for not being manly enough and not having sex, and so his friend makes fun of him for, he doesn't say this, but he might as well have come out and said, oh, she has your balls in her purse. Yeah. Right. And now he's being afraid of being like having his balls cut off. But the same woman who he's in love with, who his friends making fun of him for not having sex with, saves his balls. (laughs) Now, the so really they're saying being a man is being in love. Yeah. (laughs) But don't sit back in your seat. It sucks for audio. (laughs) But um, it's got sex on its mind. All across the board. And so, yep. and it's the same with Austin Powers, where it's just like, there's just dick jokes and like tit jokes. And just like, it's just everything it's conjuring. is just like this Freudian sexual imagery, just like left and right. And I feel like there's a weird kind of catharsis to that um, from a, again, a Freudian point of view where you're just going to exist in that world for two hours and then come back to a more normal waking life. Are you saying that they're always talking about sex, baby? are in a sex comedy Mm -hmm. and i think that's i think really zoomed out it's like why do we have this subgenre of the sex comedy it's i think it's so much easier to talk about 
how goofy it is, how obsessed we are about sex rather than analyzing it. Yeah, but it, it's it, there. It's 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 a reflection of our psyche. Exactly. But but it's it's more accessible through comedy. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like how. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily want to analyze a penis, but if you're watching a penis and you can see how funny it is, you're like, yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, I guess I'll just close with saying of it's it's kind of if you like think really hard for a second about like why sex comedies are and just like, I don't know why, but they are. That was insightful. It's not insightful. <laughs> hey, who'd you fall in love with? I mean, come on, Tamala. Vivica Fox is way too much for me. Right, 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 right. Um... Tamala changes her lingerie like four times in this film. <laughs> pretty exciting i think you've got i that might be a joke i guess in the movie but you have somebody who's waited so long to have sex and she has like all of these different like sexy outfits and she's like i'm gonna get them all in one night yeah <laughs> um yeah man i i would say out the outside maybe visit vivica a fox but nah i'm gonna have to go with tamala jones as well like like the other two are super sexual and sexually active but man they got a lot going on yeah and and the only reason i'm saying not saying um tommy davidson because he he has the probably the most rock and bod out of everybody yeah but he's got that velociraptor thing <laughs> i just couldn't too much That's i couldn't much. i couldn't have him coming in and going <laughs> Clever girl. all right well we did the thing yeah just like they did the thing well, not just like booty call. Um, what is the the booty call number? One eight hundred. Call that booty. It's too many too many numbers. You got seven seven numbers to deal with. I don't know. I've never needed to make the booty call. Wait, there's an actual booty call number. Well, oh wait, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. One eight hundred dat ass, but with two s's. Wait, wait. Is this like a magic phone that? like calls the girl that you want the booty call with no you just pick it up dial and they'll be like i'll put you on with somebody who's ready for a booty call i didn't know that see this is why i like being around you i learn new things all the time (laughs) welcome to my dirt no this doesn't exist i'm just saying this is like the commissioner gordon calling (laughs) back this is this is the bat signal (laughs) for sex Mm, booty call looks like a bat call uh, what are we watching next week? Oh, that's a good question. Okay, I have, I have collected all of our movies and I'm putting them into a list. Don't look. I'm right, not looking. Look. I'm not all right. looking. All right, and I'm randomizing them. Okay, today out of 174 films, what Seven, number? 74. Nice. All right, I don't know this movie. Top five? Oh, top five. Chris Rock. Okay. Paramount. Sundance. Is it new? It's newish. Newish? Okay. Top five. Top five. All right. Um well Ryan, you're you're definitely you're definitely in my top five favorite humans. Oh, so you'd uh, call me for a booty call? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, where can people find us? Romcom gents on the Instagram, on the Facebook, and email us at romcomgents at gmail.com. Please send us in with any of the recommendations like we were talking about earlier, or let us know what you thought about our episode or any of the other episodes, or, you know, you'll tell, tell us tell us where your grandma's at. <laughs> yeah, I, I had no idea. If you agree, disagree, if you have a pushback on us, I'm trying to get Sarah to email us. Because you want to give us a booty call? Give- <laughs> we're unavailable because we're married sorry <laughs> um unless you want to do like a career booty call where you want to talk yeah, about yeah, podcasts yeah you can give us a like a very business booty professional call. booty call sure yeah uh, i'm trying to get sarah to write in to us because after i recorded our episode wait I'm, is that how sad we've gotten this is like taking your cousin from <laughs> <laughs> no but she was like how was your conversation on chocolate i'm like ah, and i kind of regurgitated what we had talked about she's like oh there's plenty of stuff you missed then. <laughs> she didn't say it like that. See, but feel, she had plenty of things okay. to be like, well, See, you didn't talk about this, did you? I, f- I feel I feel like Sarah's got to listen to the pod she before will. she... she yeah. yeah, she's going to write in. She's going to listen Cause, and she cause write if in. if you just get the, the little caps, little recaps, you're not, you're not getting the full yeah. deal. Yeah, and so I'm like, listen, write in. She's like, oh, I will. Speaking of which, tell your friends. Tell your friends about us. We love getting new listeners. We are in... Uh, 15 different countries now which is super cool cool um well yeah. we're we're in all countries oh we're, we just... we're technically well i don't know if all countries have access to like yeah i don't know if belarus has picked us up but yeah, I, we don't have luxembourg yet ah well. maybe we will but um yeah please uh, tell your friends about us it's it's a great way for us to get new listeners and to get more opinions on movies and so the more people who listen the more we're able to learn ourselves as well because yeah. then we get a lot more people uh, writing in. Yeah, please. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, love you, girl. I, I love you too. <laughs> <clears throat> and this is where we will say a goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. So see you next week on A Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Coms. <laughs>